What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> What's up, everybody? We're back, dude. We're back for episode 35. 35? That's 30, pretty good. Fuck yeah. 35. Did it quick. I think we started in uh, uh, February. Late February. But uh, yeah, we're back for episode 35, and uh, we're back the way I told you, bitches. I told you that the last episode that we were going to have a guest on that was a special guest, and uh be the first time we have someone on this guest or this podcast that would be uh, someone I'm meeting for the first time. All the rest of my guests are idiots that uh, I've known my whole life, and uh, that's, uh, you, guys, you guys have already heard the proof of how dumb they are. So now we're bringing a little, someone with a little bit of knowledge back into this room. We got uh, someone with me, got a special guest. His name is Raul Pacheco. Right on. Yeah, lead guitarist and singer for Oso Motley, the band Oso Motley. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm cool, man. Came nice to meet to, you. Came out here for, you know. I usually don't hang out in these parks. So. I know, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little much out here. Everyone says hi and shit. <laughs> Everyone walks their dogs. It's fucking crazy out here, man. Thug life, thug life Fullerton. It's cool though, man. How's uh, how's everything going? Everything's cool, you know. Just uh, still making music. I got a little studio back in the neighborhood in Boyle Heights where I grew up, and I make music there. Play music. Let's see. Um, after on Thursday, I head to uh, Pennsylvania for a few shows. To oh D- shit. To DC, and then uh, back into town. Yeah. Damn. I I know you guys were in town not too long ago, and uh, was it Costa Mesa? Um, yeah, and I'm trying to think, where did we play? We played some funky little, like, was it New Year's? Was that that thing? I think this was, no, this was like, ah, uh, this was probably about a month and a half ago, two months ago. Oh, was it the, was it at the hangar? Or was yeah. It, oh, okay, was it yeah, the yeah, fair? Yeah, yeah. Was it the fair? The fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I kind of forget. We've been doing this for 25 years, so. Fuck, 25 years. And I think we've been to, someone counted, like, 56, 57 countries, you know? And, Holy uh, shit. So... The fair is cool. You know, you see, it's one of those places, there's a few gigs in Southern California where you see, like, a kid, cats you grew up with. So, yeah. like, we just played the Greek theater. I see kids from, you know, or people, I'm, we're not kids anymore, like, that I went to elementary school with. Damn. Show up. Hey, what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> or it's where kind my of fairs like that, too. Where are my tickets, <laughs> motherfucker? You're like... God damn, last yeah, time I saw you, we were playing yeah. tetherball homes. So now you're trying to get me to fucking get you tickets. Everybody calls you on those gigs. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking way too cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that my you know, my pop says it all the time. He goes, cause he's uh from your parts too. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, LA yeah, neighborhood. Yeah. And he always says, like, fuck man, every time I go to King Taco it's a fucking reunion. <laughs> I see somebody every time. Doesn't matter from fucking Garfield, from elementary yeah. school, from yeah. down from on the block. Yeah. You know, and it it honestly none of it it's it's super interesting how like that community works because it doesn't matter. If you grew up to be successful or you grew up to be a piece of shit, like <laughs> you forget that for a moment and you just only talk about the really good times. Like, hey, remember that time? You're like, yeah. It, it's just neighborhood stuff. Yeah. You know? Which is <laughs> it runs honestly, deep. It runs deep. I honestly respect that about about that culture. I don't yeah. know why it's like very specific to like yeah. mostly East LA. Even yeah. like the neighboring cities don't have that. Yeah. Like no. Montebello doesn't even have that. Or no. neither does like Peter. Like they kind of have it, but like not as rooted as east la does yeah so Strange. i mean there's like boyle heights where i grew up which is part of the city east right. la proper east la proper is like part of the county but there's kind of that whole connection right there you go to school you you know grow up together and, you, and then you either go to garfield or you go to roosevelt right that's where things start to change a yeah bit. and then um you know but you see each other in all these different ways whether if you go to elac or if you like you said, you go on to do other things. You know how I can tell people from where I grew up by the way they speak. I can tell by it. It's a very specific oh, accent. Shit. It's like a neighborhood accent. Yeah. It's a very specific Boyle Heights accent. So I'll meet people 
And then I'll be like, oh, wow. Like, where are you from? And he'll say the street. I'm like, oh, yeah, I grew up around. Yeah. You know, like, Will, I am from the Black Eyed Peas. Grew up around there. He's from a black family that was in Estrada Courts um, and Wyvernwood. All went to Roosevelt. Oh, if you hear him speak English, he speaks like that. Yeah. If you, and there's an older cat. I remember I had a lady I was living with in uh, Eagle Rock. This guy came over to do the plumbing or something, and I started talking to him. I was like, man, this guy's from the neighborhood, just from the way he talks. Yeah. And I said, where are you from? Oh, I grew up on this street. Con oh, yeah, that's like a couple blocks where I grew up. Yeah. So you definitely, like, you know, kind of are in tune with that. And uh, it's just something that when you meet someone, it's so specific it's like definitely connect over it, yeah you know? that's that's no. a trip you know yeah. what because i don't think i ne i don't even necessarily think i notice it in my neighborhood but yeah. we have the same shit yeah. but it's it's definitely more it's a little bit more <laughs> it's weirder it's weirder <laughs> for sure we have these fucking stupid made-up words yeah all this stuff but um everyone has their thing yeah my dad's <laughs> mentioned before he goes uh because uh there's an artist I was like super into as a kid. I still am now. He's just a great musician, uh, Kid Cudi. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he's super yeah, diverse. Cool. Yeah, he's like in yeah. hip hop, but yeah, he's, no, I like. Him. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. Yeah. And when the guy goes on stage, he has like a fucking Guns N' Roses tee, mm. skinny jeans, Converse, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like a baseball hat. Yeah, yeah. None of this fancy shit. Yeah. But like, I'm like, that's how I looked in fucking seventh grade. I love it. <laughs> I wore the same shit. And he's like, that's because that's La Habra. That's what he looks like. Yeah. He looks like that's why you probably. That's so funny. I didn't know he's from La Habra. Yeah, no, no, I'm from, yeah, I'm from La Habra. Okay, Guadalajara. Yeah, Guadalajara, that's right. <laughs> Only ghetto place we have is maybe Monta Vista. That's it. Everything else is all right. But no, he was a, I was intrigued by him when I was a kid because, uh, well, one, because of how he looked, the one, the way he sounded. Yeah. It wasn't like the hip hop you hear now. It was very like different. And then I found out his pops was a uh, full Mexican. Oh, wow. I didn't know that either. Yeah, his pops cool. was full Mexican. And I guess yeah. his, di his dad died of cancer when he was like oh, wow. 12. Wow. And his full name is Scott. Ramon Seguro Mesquiti. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, trippy. So cool. Yeah. I like when that is happening with people, when there's all these influences in their lives that kind yeah. of like, you know, create who they are. I think that's cool. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Especially music. What was like your biggest influences growing up as a kid? You know, I, I, God, you know, I was just, I probably my parents because they really supported me. Mm -hmm. You know, like I grew up, like I said, I grew up in the neighborhood. Like um, there's a street called Bernal that I grew up on old school oldest documented gang in LA is on that street yeah um and so I grew up with like all of that like my neighbors that that was like gang you know the central part of that whole scene but you grow up you know it doesn't matter on the block you know you're whether everyone's cool with each other yeah you know there's no kind of like whatever you're into and as you get older you know you kind of start to make those choices but Everyone's cool with each other on the block. Right. You know? And and so as you kind of grow up, for me, I think what was important that I used to read a lot. And I used to recognize like in the newspaper, you know, every everything that was written about what, where I was from was pretty negative. Right. Definitely. It was only documenting that. And, you know. Even in the cinema business. Yeah. Mostly negative. Yeah. You know? And, you know, there was there was that for sure. And you kind of have to. You, you get a different perspective as you got older. But when I was young, I I kind of looked around and said, you know, there's, I see that, but I also see a lot of like hardworking families right. and people. And so I think growing up, kind of knowing that and feeling different and feeling proud of where I was from and, and you know, my parents are from there. I'm an old school Chicano from right there because my parents were born there. Mm -hmm. My grandfather had a store across from the Mercado in, in Boyle Heights. Um... My mother grew up in a neighborhood 
called uh, Pico Lisa, which is like a little bit uh, closer to downtown. Her parents were from there, so we'd been around there for a long time. Right. And it wasn't like, uh, you know, and that's part of what I would say is real definitive about Chicano culture is that, you know, you're kind of a a Mexican, Mexican-American, you know, from here, but you're, you're, uh, you kind of go to your own idea of self rather than what other people tell you. Right. Because what you're experiencing isn't all that negative. Like there is, but there's a lot of love. There's a lot of, a lot of that. You got a lot of family, a lot of uh, unique kind of qualities that, and, and, uh, you know, it becomes its own thing. That's yeah. what we're talking about. So when, when you step out of that, when you meet someone or you, or someone has that existence, or you could, all of a sudden there's this affirmation that as humans we're always looking for. It doesn't matter where you're from. Very true. And especially if you're out, if you're, if you're from Europe and you're here, you meet someone who's from your country, you know, it's a big deal because we all want that kind of like center in our life of like that definition of who we are and, and that it's important. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you're from, what you're into. We all need that kind of like affirmation we all need that recognition and in a way it's kind of like a basic you know love like hey man you know we're we, we're from the same thing and what's going on with you now and right and what's happening so i think everyone does that and, and you know that's kind of so for me like growing up in that leaving that was always cool i i got into music young i used to sing my my, my parents loved music and they liked all kinds of music yeah so i hear all kinds of music and i was the youngest uh, and i had three older sisters so imagine like me being five, my sister's 10, the next one's 15, the next one's 16, and then my parents, they're all into different kinds of music. Which is, that's honestly so beneficial to have yeah. that, to bring that diversity of music um, as, a, as a kid. Yeah, yeah. It just shapes the way you would actually yeah. perform yeah, as a yeah. musician. So I, I got to love like things my dad liked, which were old R&B and even old country music because his grandfather was a fruit seller and he used to drive to oh, the shit. Central Valley to pick up fruit and come back to LA and sell it. Yeah. And all those families were all like, like uh, families that had come in the Dust Bowl era, you know, to the Central Valley. So they had a whole nother tradition, but they had been, he'd grown up going to their home. So he'd, he'd hear their music, but then he hear old R and B from being in the city. Yeah. So he was into that. And then, um, you know, my parents and, and regular, you know, mariachi stuff and trio stuff. And then, you know, my sisters were, they were hearing different kinds of rock music, different kinds of young pop music. And, and the radio in like the 70s was really, really diverse too. There was a lot of different sounds. So Very. I just remember all that. And I used to get all those albums out and look. And to this day, like I, it's important for me to, when I'm looking at recordings, I'm like, who played it? Who's doing what? Who is this person? And I've always been into that aspect of making music Yeah. also. So I, I, I used to sing. I got to the... Um, school choir, really cool teacher, Sarah Hubbard. Sing, a bunch of us used to go to sing. And then uh, she sent us to audition for this boys' choir. And that was the first time I really got out of the neighborhood up from about 7 to 14. Oh, okay. I'd sing with the Met, with like the Metropolitan Opera. I'd sing oh, with shit. the LA Philharmonic, go around the country. That's fucking wild. Classical music to, um, uh, you know, like pop music, but like, you know, just a bunch of kids singing. Yeah. And, and, um, so that was the first time I got out of the neighborhood and met a whole bunch of different people from LA and Southern California that were, no matter what race they were, they were all rich and poor. Right. Like Jewish, black, Asian. So that was really instrumental in like showing me, oh wow, there's a lot going on in the world. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of different perspectives and 
um, that became natural for me to understand. Right. And it helped me kind of like not be afraid to walk into any place, hang with any people. You know, I really pride myself that I can hang with the cholas on the street corner. Yeah. And and hang out in a really fancy restaurant. I fucking love and that. And it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know? And I when I, I work with a lot of kids, and that's one of the things that you, if you got the money in your pocket to go pay for that thing, you don't, you go walk in and you do it. You yeah, know? Because yeah. there's none... Any none of that matters, you know, and and uh, th- those th- th- those visions that we have of ourselves, if we're not always expanding what we can do, I think that it's a disservice to your life. Like you gotta, you gotta try stuff. Gotta go be other places. You gotta do other things Definitely. because it helps you recognize how big the world is. For yeah. sure, yeah. I think honestly that it's it's a definitely a gift and a ble- uh, yeah. curse. But when you grow up in the areas that you grew up in. Mm-hmm you have to grow up faster mentally mm-hmm. and you learn those lessons mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. quicker mm-hmm. because my, even my dad tells a story. He's like, man, it's like, cause he played baseball as mm-hmm. a kid. And he was like, uh, when I was like eight years old, uh, my all-star team, they got a, what's it called? An invitation to go play in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And he was like, my, my mom couldn't afford it. He's like, okay. So yeah. I went out, I fucking worked, I made yeah. some money and then I, I fucking got a, I got a bus ticket yeah. and I literally, he's like, I rode the bus by myself eight years old from yeah. East wow. LA to Tennessee. Wow. I'm like that's fucking hilarious. I would have never done that at eight years old. I did termination. I mean, that's, yeah, that's good. But yeah. when you're eight there, you're it's fucking crazy. fifteen. Yeah, up here probably. Yeah, yeah. You know, as to where I grew up, I still had my parents gave me their best version of what life kind of real real life was. Yeah. But I still had I still wasn't afraid in my neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. And I can still do whatever I want. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, so that that I, but they gave me a lot of freedom too to experience it. Like, hey, mm-hmm. if you get your ass kicked, whatever, fight back. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But you can go wherever you want. Just yeah. come back before it's dark. Yeah. You know, don't do anything stupid, blah, blah. But um, I, I think that's a good thing to grow up in a neighborhood like that. It, maybe not when you're actually in it. You're probably like, fuck, man. This guy has all this nice shit. I know I, I have to share a room with my fucking brother and sisters. Bullshit. I grew up on a couch, man. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, this sucks. But you get older, you're probably like, this is awesome. That's why everything above that is like, oh, I'm cool. It's all good. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, when you get older, that shit pays off. Big time. That's too funny. I, and I, I like what you mentioned about how like the neighborhood operates in the sense of like uh, how everyone's cool to each other. And I always think it's like, it's super important, but it's also, it's, it's just as important to develop your own individuality oh. because that can easily get twisted. Yeah. Imagine like where everyone's very loyal to each other mm-hmm. and then you kind of converge into this one little organism mm-hmm. where everyone mm-hmm. kind of talks the same, everyone acts the same, mm-hmm. everyone does the same shit mm-hmm. and that can easily go south really quick. Mm-hmm. Maybe you get into gang activity. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do whatever maybe y'all just don't do anything mm. but when you have a group of everyone who still has that same loyalty but their own individual mm. you know thing to pitch to the group mm, mm. and that's the fucking coolest thing ever mm. you just mm. flow after that cool yeah and that's kind of what we had in our neighborhood honestly mm-hmm. we had that we actually had a band in our, in our neighborhood and i'm gonna have them on the show um because they were pretty popular yeah. at least for like a fucking year or two what band was it they were called griffith project oh, cool and what kind of music is it you know? yeah it's like a reggae ska cool. acoustic they're honestly like <clears throat> You would definitely like their album. It's fucking cool. great. Uh-huh. But um, very like sublimish. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And they played around my neighborhood. They grew up in La Habra. And um, they basically just got old too fast. Like mm-hmm. honestly, like they, one, their drummer died. Mm-hmm. And it was a big bummer. And then um, they got, their new drummer was one of the bassist's uh, younger brother who was mm-hmm. two doors down from me. Mm-hmm. So when we were kids, it used to be me and my neighbors. Mm-hmm. We used to go skateboard or yeah. play football or whatever, you know, all kinds of shit. And then we'd always hear them. Uh, recording in the mm. garage or whatever just yeah. producing and it was fun as shit we'd go out there and be like hey play this song or, ah, yeah. i did play it for us and it was cool. fucking great <laughs> they made a studio album it's good it's on spotify and everything and then um yeah they all just had kids and they couldn't keep going 
But yeah, you know, it's it's it, like any kind of thing, any kind of work, like having kids, you know, it's, it's a real, you got to be there for your kids, you know, yeah. and, and that's super important. So it's a real thing to kind of like, you know, weigh that. And I think with any kind of dream you have of work that is not, especially work like that, like as a musician, that's not totally stable. Yeah, definitely. It, you have, it's the same, how would I describe it? Like. You know, I work with young people. Like, I have a little studio in Boyle Heights, and I do songwriting and production and stuff like that, like, one day a week with these kids from, like, Roosevelt and places around there. And, you know, there's 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 a, there's a kind of a fantasy about, like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to make music. Right. That's cool. All right, so let's go in and make it. But there's a lot of steps to that there's so a many. lot there's a lot of like hours there's a lot of learning there's a lot of um skill involved and you learn it by doing it every day so you, you it, it kind of you have to kind of apply it as it's like it really is a job yeah definitely so even though i don't go into the office and blah, blah blah you know if i'm not making music or doing something about music it can even be promoting it could be interviews it could be if i'm not doing all these aspects of my job on a daily basis right it's not gonna work yeah it doesn't work that way so you really need to understand that and you need to um understand that you have to be so committed that you're gonna do kind of whatever it takes to get it done so example you gave about your father like eight years old you know doing whatever like little you know cutting everyone's grass or whatever in the yeah. neighborhood they're like that's kind of what it takes. Yeah. It takes like, oh, I got the, to do this thing and wh- how do I get from point A to point B? And sometimes that's what it means. You know, it's kind of like you're putting yourself in this position. So I had kids right when the band started taking off. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I told my lady like, look, like this is what I always wanted to do. I don't know how this is going to work out, but, you know, I see it as a test of my commitment. And, yeah. And, you know, made it work. So, um, but it, it does take that kind of like, I'm going to get up every day and focus on this thing. And that's how you get good at anything. Yeah, definitely. So, and so. it's super hard to focus on something that's like no guarantee. No, it's unknown future. Like yeah. it's very easy to do that with a job that I'm getting a steady paycheck right. from. I'm right. going to go there every day. I already yeah. know it's there. As long as I put my work in, then the boss can leave me the fuck alone. I'm going to get paid. I'm fine. And then yeah. I can go 30 years and I'm out. But to do it into a, I don't know if my album's going to get picked up. Yeah. I don't know if people are going to want to listen to shit. I don't know about any of that, but I'm going to do it every day. That shit's yeah. like admirable as hell. Yeah, I mean, it takes like a certain amount of creativity in in making all those decisions at least because, yeah, we were the same way, but I was the same. All of us as musicians were the same way before we even got together as a band. Right. So you, so you got with a bunch of people who understood, oh, like I'm, I'm going to get gigs every day. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to put myself in that position every day yeah and a lot of times it's not about even how good you are but it's about showing up yeah that's like 90 percent of it if you're there and you know and you're there to play and then they're like oh our guitarist is not here you're like hey you got your guitar yeah right <laughs> like it could be anything like that in terms of just being there so you kind of blow that scenario up to more professional situations to anything and if you're there you get those opportunities you at least create relationships it's real important that when you interact with people that it's solid that it's fair that it's um you know that there's some amount of love in it that people walk away with a good feeling about you yeah because you know i, I don't make music to you know the, the the work aspect of it to make people feel bad or to have not have fun right 
And I don't mean that you can write music that's sad, you can write music that's, you know, about a cause, it, it maybe isn't just about partying, whatever, but it's about that experience. Like, if you're not growing and you're not teaching someone and if you're not learning something in every situation, yeah, then I think you're missing out on all the possibilities that are right in front of you. Ah, you I know? couldn't agree more. And, and so everyone has something to give. So everyone needs, you need to respect people that you come across and they need to, and they'll respect you. Yeah. And, and it's just, it doesn't matter. Even you don't even have to like the same kind of things, but, but there's, there's, there's lessons in there just as people or just as, like you said, professional musicians, like what does it take? And I encourage people it's work. It's not like, it's Definitely not, work. it's not like, you know, you got to practice. You got to, you want to play a guitar, you got to play the thing every day for hours, yep. for years in order to get on stage with Santana and jam with him. Exactly. It doesn't just happen. That's the that's the one thing that always fucking bugs me, man. I swear to God, when people, because I've, I've been playing guitar my whole life, yeah, so I was like yeah. seven or eight, and people will tell like, oh yeah, like uh, like Danny's good at guitar. He's always been good at guitar. Though. I'm like, that's the most bitch fucking outlook to look at it, where you're just like, you've always been good. I'm like, you know how much fucking hours I put in that yeah, shit? Yeah, it's yeah. like, but they just assume that they're just like, oh, like you're just naturally good at shit. I'm like, no, it's not how it works, man. <laughs> I didn't go, oh, this thing's fucking easy. Let me just go, and just fucking start playing shit. Like, yeah. no, you had to have all the blisters. You had to have your your fifty dollar guitar that <laughs> that felt like it was a thousand dollars, and then you upgraded to the two hundred, and yeah, then the five hundred, yeah, yeah. you know, and then. I, you know what, to this day, I swear to God, I'm, I'm still embarrassed about this, but I still don't know how to read music for shit. I can't. I can hear basically any song yeah. and play it, no yeah. problem, and pretty yeah. quickly, within yeah. like five, ten seconds. Yeah. Still can't read it. That shit's Chinese to me. I don't know what it is. You know, if you really wanted to learn it, you could. But, for sure. But that's, you know, that's on you. For sure, yeah, very <laughs> true. The only thing that ever makes me feel good about it is uh, one of my biggest idols ever is Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I just love his shit. He's so super fucking diverse. Yeah, and yeah. what you, the message you just said in terms of giving back, I love him. I, yeah. love, I love his legacy. Did you hear his new record? Yeah, I did. Western I, Star. I, I thought love it was, that. Record. I loved it. It was good. Well, that, that I love the way it sounds. I like the way it's produced. Um, it's great songwriting. I mean, it is Bruce Springsteen, but they're like super direct, quick. Like, um, you know, if you want to learn like about how to write songs, like that's a good record because it's yes succinct. They're, Definitely, it's very to the point. It's there's, there's a simple formula that is very clear. Um, you kind of get um, impressions, you get feelings right away. Right like, away. And uh, and it's recorded really well, which a lot of records now are not. Yeah. And so you hear this really super well-recorded, expansive sound on this record. And, uh, yeah, which is tough to do with, yeah. with, a, with the folk record. You really, it's yeah. like, yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of a, people kind of want it to sound older and necessarily have that scratchier sound because it kind of does elevate the folk i guess aspect mm -hmm. of it but when you have it clean like the way he does it yeah. it sounds way different it's a, and better it's kind of a it's kind of like a country pop record yeah but but it, i really like it yeah yeah it's great yeah. well i mean his uh his biggest thing that he's always mentioned was a uh, oh, everyone is that you or me yeah, i think it has me i gotta turn that <laughs> off bugging me and shit god damn someone's bugging my phone turn this You're shit popular, off bro. i know it's crazy <laughs> Everyone get off me. <laughs> but um, yeah, his, uh, his biggest thing, he's always said, and he, he did a speech on stage, one of his live records. He's like, you know, I've been doing this my whole life, you know, mm -hmm. blah, blah. He's like, I still don't know how to read music for sure. Yeah, I yeah. still don't know how to read it. He's like, but whatever, I feel it. So yeah. that's all that matters. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> fuck it. If Springsteen said it, then I'm cool, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, that's always been my excuse. But honestly, yeah, if you do want to learn it, you can learn it. I went to, I went to guitar in a senior year of high school. You won one? No, I, I went to guitar class. Oh, I took oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I took it at school. And uh, 
I didn't know fucking shit. But my, I wanted to take it. I was like, I already know how to play it. So it's yeah. easy. And it's an elective. And I can just... Cool. It's after lunch. So yeah. I can be a little bit late. Who yeah. cares shit? So I took that class. And uh, I swear to God, I was so lost. I got a C. I still got a C. <laughs> but, and the only reason I got a C is because I basically had an F the whole fucking time. You and then what, You know what a C is, though? It's degrees, baby. <laughs> it's a passion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... I had like a basically an F the whole time uh-huh. and uh, we did a final at the end and we had to basically uh, read a sheet of music and then play it in front of you oh, wow. while I was pretending yeah. like I was reading it and yeah. I did a, I did Tears in Heaven oh, yeah, from yeah, Eric Clapton yeah. and I, so I just I printed out the fucking notes and I was like looking at it like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah I know how to do that acting yeah. and then just re- like you... pre- pretending like I was learning it for the yeah. first time and he was like that was great <laughs> thanks man thanks acting thanks. class yeah <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, my God, I'm a professional bullshitter. I should just do this all the time. Hey, well, you know, here we are. I know. Now, now we're bullshitting all the time, which is funny, man. But you're right. Honestly, it's 90%. It's just fucking doing it. Yeah. Um, and that's the coolest part about this. This was literally just the same thing, doing cool. it. Yeah. Just get the phone, start recording. Now it's 35 episodes later. We have all this shit. Even my first, my first ever open mic I ever did, um, the worst fucking experience I've had in my life because oh dude leave me alone yeah I know god sorry sorry I'm about to turn this shit off but um my first ever opening mic, mic experience I went to uh, this place called the fourth wall in North Hollywood uh-huh. and um I only went there because there's a comedian that it's like one of my idols his name is uh, Joey Diaz mm-hmm. and uh I'm sure you, do you ever yeah, heard big Joey Diaz yeah big Coco <laughs> yeah fucking hilarious funny this is big Joey yeah. Diaz hey dog hey dog you know so <laughs> Like, one of my biggest idols, because, like, the shit he talks about, I can always relate. It's he's funny. always talking about, like, live shit in his podcast yeah, or whatever, yeah. and he's just so fucking funny. Well, I he mentioned in his podcast, yeah, he's like, uh, he, he was telling his producer to go there. Because he was like, yeah, I'm trying to get into comedy. He's like, just go there, man. He's like, it's a great place. I live down the street from there. And, uh, you know, it's it's cheap. You pay five bucks. You just go there. You sign up at 730, and you're cool. good to go. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll go check it out. Yeah. So I finally had the fucking guts and the balls to go. Which took a lot of like just you know just doubting yourself and then like fuck I don't even know if I'm funny like I, I mm. think I am but I don't think I'm that funny mm. like but people think I'm funny so fuck <laughs> it let's try it finally had the balls I go after work and I went and I'm waiting in line and I'm fucking like it's only other open micers like maybe like their friends and girlfriends are there mm. but it's probably like twenty people mm. and I'm nervous as fuck I'm like I'm gonna bomb it is what mm. it is and then um right when I'm about to go up they're like hey you're next I'm like all right cool I'm sitting there I'm just going over my notes a little bit. Like, the owner comes up to me and goes, hey, you're actually going to go after in, like, five minutes. Uh, Joey's going to go on. I was like, Joey who? He's like, Joey Diaz. I was like, you mean Joey Joey fucking Diaz? Diaz? He's like, yeah. He's like, he's going to go to the comedy store in about an hour, but he wants to try out some shit with his producer, Lee, for, like, 10 minutes set. And then you mm-hmm. go after him. I was like, dope, man. So my <laughs> first fucking set ever, I'm fucking following Joey Diaz. Yeah, Are you yeah, is this the fire. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is, I'm like, this is almost kind of, like, meant to be, dude. Like, hey, you want to try this shit? This is what yeah. it takes. Yeah. You're going to follow Joey Diaz. It is. It is what it takes. You know? And that's, I would imagine it was a lot like that for you guys when you guys first started getting gigs. Yeah, it's just like, you know, you kind of have to believe in yourself. You kind of have to put your spot yourself in those situations in front of people. And you kind of have to be able to, and I imagine it's what you go through on stage as a comic, look at the room and feel the room. Mm-hmm. And is this working or not? Yeah. And do we just end this one and go to the next one? Or do we, oh, this is popping. Let's keep this going. Yeah. You you, you kind of read what's happening. Definitely. And, and so we used to, we used to just show up places, not even invited. <laughs> I love it. That's and awesome. be like, um... Why aren't we playing here? You know, or we, we, we want to play. And they'd be like, yeah. it's all, what do you mean? It's all set up. Yeah. Just let it set up. You know, we'll play anywhere. The f- but we were that, there was like 15 of us. So it wasn't wow. like it, it was something like it would just show up. And 
But we would go so far as all the stages on one side of the room. But like we would say, there's an outlet on the other side of the room. We'll yeah. set up on the floor on the with the outlet because that's all we need for the for our little amps. Yeah. Know? And we'll play while the stage is changing, while you're getting the next band, and we'll keep people going. Yeah. So that's what I mean. We'd find any kind of excuse to get to do what we wanted to do. Yeah. And that that is that is really what it takes to fuck yeah. And to kind of have that mentality, and you know, on the daily, and you're just looking for opportunities and and creating them when they're not there. Yeah. And uh, you know, people say, well, how do I do this? And not. And and if you don't understand it, it's kind of hard to teach. It is. It's kind of hard, hard to teach. It's kind of hard to tell someone who, oh, well, I have all these songs, and okay, so what are you gonna do with them? Well, I don't know. I don't. Well, you know, that's that 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 is not gonna work ever. You know, so it's like you have to, even if you don't have the skills. You know, I, I'm not a great engineer. I'm a really, I'm, I'm not a very good engineer at all. But I work with an engineer, and I'm like, okay, you're 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 fulfilling this part of me that I'm not good at. Right. But I'm, I found you because I need you. Yeah. And whatever that means. Whatever it's almost like a relationship. Is, whatever that means, this is part of what I have to do to get things done. Yeah. And so, you know, knowing that and creating, um, you know, kind of relationships, deals, kind of whatever kind of things you can do to get things done is what matters. You know, you set all this stuff up, you figure it out, you do it on your phone first day, then you get other equipment, then you get... That's really what it takes, like figuring it out. Yeah. And 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 it's it's easy to figure. It's not necessarily easy to figure it out, but you're willing to figure it out if you have that much passion. Definitely. Then there, any answer that comes at you that's no, you don't even. You're like, what? Nah. Yeah. No, no, no. That's not really what's happening. What's happening is that I'm gonna figure this out. Right. So, you know, when you when you talk about art and music, you know, because of that. You know, it's so esoteric in the sense of what people's minds and how, how it gets done. That that mentality is super important to have. You have to be so into it that the work that it takes, it you know, you love it. Yeah, definitely. And, and the battle of getting there, you you kind of love it. I think I yeah. I think I got that attitude to be honest from from sports. Sports yeah, yeah, and my dad. Yeah, cool. Because my uh, I remember my dad telling me as a kid. I think I was definitely the more passionate one. My my brother and sister they played baseball yeah, too. Yeah. And they're both good, but um, they weren't as like energetic. Like, yeah. oh, I, I fucking loved it. Yeah. And my dad, like, he's always like, if you ever go on a team and there's, you think you're better than someone, he's like, fuck that. Tell the coach, like, hey, yeah. after practice, hit us a hundred ground balls. Whoever yeah. wins plays that position. Yeah. Earn your shit. Yeah. But fucking have the balls to do it though. Yeah. Yeah. And don't puss out. Don't be like the guy who's like, I'm afraid to challenge. Like, no, just go. Yeah. And I would always have that mentality. And like, hey, like, even if it was like the coach's kid, which was yeah. always a little awkward. Sure. Because, you know, you, you believe in your kid and you yeah. wanted to play where you want to play. I was that guy. <laughs> but I wasn't like, I was, I loved baseball, but I wasn't like, my dad was a coach at the park. Yeah. Nevergreen. And, and uh, you know, when I first went up there, like, I didn't know what I was. He wanted me to play baseball. Oh, okay. I didn't right. know what I was doing. Yeah. But by the time I got done, by the 14, I was solid you know i was a second baseman i was a leadoff hitter i oh, nice. always get on base like i did what the second baseman was supposed to do right right super quick like you know net balls never got past me um i could get on base i could steal you know it wasn't about power right you know? and and uh but that was it but i learned i learned so much you know yeah but there's there's i think what you're what you're what you're saying is definitely true you know having that kind of like um if you're serious, 
you gotta go for yeah, it. Yeah, you want to go get it. it out there. And, yeah. and 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 I think fail, quote unquote, failing. You know, whatever. I don't really like that word, but failing. Because fa- to me, if you're trying, you're not really failing. You're right. failing if you're not even going for it. That's the fail. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, it's like, oh, I want to be the number one guy in this position, and you don't even try. Right. That's that's the what fail. are you doing? That's yeah. the f- that's like, whoa, you you really don't want that right. position. You know, you really, exactly. you actually really don't. Yeah. So the thing to do is to do it. You want then, the title. And you do this hundred ball challenge and you lose and you go, and then you go get better. Yeah. You know, you go, oh shit, give me, I got to go practice. Right. And that's, <laughs> I got to get better. Right. And I think that's what you were mentioning earlier. Like people, people want the title. Like I want to be a musician. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, yeah, but do you really, fuck the title. Do you really want the life? Do you yeah. understand what it takes? That yeah. you're going to have to do this. So you're going to suck a lot, but that's because you suck a lot. You're going to get great from yeah. that. Oh yeah. You know, and it's going to happen faster than you think. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love baseball though. Oh yeah, it's so cool. How serious were you about it? Like did you, very yeah. very. And then um did you want to play in college and all yeah, that? Yeah, all that. I yeah. I think uh you know, it was it's kind of strange cuz like it goes back to how the whole mentality of like you want to go get it. Mm-hmm. I had it, but I, I for some reason I I lost it when I was like end of high school did you just you just didn't feel it anymore or? Uh, a little bit of that yeah. honestly i had the passion for my whole life i never mm. i used to fucking that's all i wanted to mm. do man i swear mm. to god every mm. summer mm. i would do an hour in my garage of weightlifting mm. and the next hour i would do an hour of boxing yeah because it helps with like hand speed and mm. footwork mm. With, with baseball mm. then i'll do an hour of throwing hour of hitting oh yeah every fucking day for that's a whole serious? summer four hours of serious yeah, yeah. every day and yeah. i i used to go to Anaheim to train with these guys and I yeah. did everything I had to do but my grades were shit um, and I used to always look at that and go like man like you do you want it but you only want that like yeah, you gotta yeah. understand you need you need, yes. you need to want everything because yes. you can't just go to college baseball and just play fucking baseball yeah. you gotta go to school yeah. and I was that's, like well then you don't want it bad enough mm, yeah you that's know? a good thing to, you know to point out in terms of like that is there is a completeness to some things you have to do to get there aren't always about the thing yeah they are in a sense in a big sense but example you're giving is yeah that was something that needed to be done to get to that next level right and then because of how my parents grew up their their thing was it was that mentality you want to go get it there was there's no like they support you up here but they're not going to necessarily like let you know that Mm -hmm. like when i told them i was like i'm gonna go to junior college and i'll play there and i'll get a scholarship from there they're like you're gonna get a job you're not fucking doing that Mm -hmm. and i was like what do you mean they're like you already had your shot you should have fucking did it then and i was like fuck and I, that was I, I'm almost positive that was as I got older I realized when I got older their way of saying like you want it go get it like, yeah. but we don't finance your dream you fucking make it happen mm-hmm. but I was too young to understand that sure sure you know I, mostly because of how I grew up like yeah. I never had I never had that problem mm-hmm. like I, I like I met, like I said earlier in East LA that that fucking reality hit you quick mm-hmm. where I grew up it was there was ghetto aspects but not necessarily it's not it wasn't ghetto at all yeah yeah you know like it was just cool so when i hit me i was like oh shit and then i got older i was like you know what i guess i didn't want it as bad as i mm-hmm, thought mm-hmm. because i could have just told him fine i'll leave i'll go live somewhere else yeah. i have a grandma that'll, that'll give me a bedroom i'll stay at her place and yeah. play ball and that's a different thing sure yeah but that set me up though honestly like that yeah. that failure was the best thing that ever happened because mm-hmm. now I, I look at things more uh uh, like uh, differently now yeah. in terms of if I want it I, I never want to make that mistake again yeah. I just go after it now yeah cool yeah yeah cool who were your biggest like uh, music influences as a kid Um, as a kid you know I'd probably say like uh, man okay I'm trying to think of like as, I was so into all kinds of music you yeah know, because you know and I'll say things that probably people don't expect like Van Morrison you know oh like, man like, that's like, my favorite you know, um, because I remember those records 
as a kid and I was just so intrigued by like this you know Irish white this Irish dude singing like crazy like kind of soul influence so music soul and and he never fucking smiles either you ever notice that <laughs> look google a picture of van morrison the dude's never fucking smiling but he only sings about love i'm like ah what the fuck and and um you know things like that and then i think uh you know it was it was actually like yeah like like you know the people are gonna might be surprised but like hank williams yeah from my oh nice dad, nice from my dad just because he listened to R&B on that at the time. And I didn't know at the time that those those, those simple songs, which are not simple, are right. like, are for songwriting, like, they're clever, they're catchy, they're everything a song needs to be so you can go and sing it. Yeah. You walk away, like, not forgetting it. Yeah. And, and they're touching on these kind of super basic things that everybody goes through. So, and then, it, and then I think, you know, as I got into guitar... It was just all kinds of guitars, but you know, like people like Santana, of course, and like yeah. just blues dudes, like like Buddy Guy and guys like that, and and um, you know. But I've I've I love all kinds of music, from like heavy metal to classical music to, like I said, country to like old R B new, you know, tripped out like art music, Brian Eno to. Um, you know, uh, I went to go see Brian Ferry the other day. I'm a huge fan of Roxy music. Oh no shit, that's cool. Um, you know, so I like all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like, I like, you know, you know, and I, I travel, I've been all over the world. And, and so for me, music is a really sacred expression. It's right. a very needed, very natural, very human, sacred expression. You know, from the time, I mean, if you ever, you know, what can I reference? I can reference the Bible. The, you know, there's a whole section about the musicians. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? <laughs> so, you know, there's going to be these people who do this, gonna be, and then there's a group who are the musicians. So yeah. for me, like, knowing that since, you know, we as as humans since the beginning of time, like, song is super important. And, and so, so important. That, that expression, um, I you know, I, I'm lucky that that's my job. Hell yeah. You know, and I, I, have, awesome. I have done the work, but I was in a band where... Uh, and I'm in a band where like everyone felt the same way, and so, you know, I, I, yeah, you know, I played, you know, a couple of weeks ago at the Greek with Los Lobos and Los Only Boys, and damn, that's awesome. It was just, it was a party, and it was just fun and affirming, and like, um, you know, so in those moments, I'm like, everything's cool, right? You know? It's all good. And it's <laughs> it's very apparent that you guys are a diverse band because. Yeah. That was the first thing I noticed when I first heard you guys' first record. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, holy shit. Like, yeah. you have, it starts off with like Gomo Vest and it's yeah. very yeah. up. And I'm like, fuck, I love yeah. this. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. And then Cup Kind of Sweet. I'm yeah. like, dude, this is like fucking yeah. parliament shit. Yeah. I love yeah. it. This yeah. is like some yeah. funk, some yeah. soul, you know? Yeah. And then Gumbia de las Mortes, yeah. like, yeah. right away. I'm like, damn, yeah. this is three. These are three completely different songs to start off the right. And then they're all, they're just fucking all bangers. They're yeah. all amazingly good. Like, and then not only that, when you guys did the the Mexico to Jamaica record, oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought that was the shit. You know, yeah, I was playing was playing Noah Noah, which is a Juan Gabriel song for mm -hmm. where my little studio is. There's a community garden right uh, next to it, mm -hmm. and there's these older Mexicanos who are always there. And like one of the ladies had a, her little birthday party, and everyone from the neighborhood came, and they're all barbecuing, and you know we know them just from hanging out and being there. And the engineer I work with, who's at the studio a lot more than I am was like, hey, they're serving tacos. They said, if you want to come down. I said, yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm there, and they want to play, like, you know, uh, music on their phone. So we hook up, we brought them a speaker, brought up their Bluetooth, and we play this Juan Gabriel song called Noah Noah. 
and it's kind of countryish. You know, Juan Gabriel was a great singer, but and played kind of different styles himself. And then I told them, yeah, I'm in a band, you know, and they don't know the whole band I'm in. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're like, all right, let's hear a song. So I put them that song, and they were tripping out. They were like, oh, yeah, because we know the original. Yeah. So um, making that record was cool. You know, I think our whole thing is that we we came together not necessarily to form a band. We came together to play music, to raise money for causes. That's crazy. So That's the, so cool, The man. first thing we did was a, a, it was a union, it's for a union, they were try this group of workers were trying to unionize and they needed to kind of raise funds and they said well we need people we need to have a party and we need to, we need to charge people at the door so we were just the musicians who supported it and they're like can you guys play music we said sure yeah so we just met a few hours before and was like what are we playing i don't know what do you know what do you know yeah that's how it came about because Damn. i knew different music than the next guy and the next guy knew different music than the next guy and the next guy and and we just kind of said, okay, well, there's a song, there's a song, there's a song, yeah. And just whatever skills we had, just kind of made it work. And and that's kind of you know that was kind of like it hasn't really changed. You know? yeah. yeah, I can't stress yeah. enough how yeah. important that is to be like diverse and like yeah. knowing all that. Even like when, when I was a kid, when I first started playing, I got thrown into the fire pretty good to be honest, because yeah. I fuck you suck when you first start. Yeah. And my parents were like, hey, your grandma, she's coming over, play the song. Yeah, that's important. Get your fucking yeah. guitar. <laughs> And play something for her. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what to play. Like, figure it the fuck out. Yeah. She needs she wants to hear you play. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Now I'll just play I'll just play La Bamba. Fuck it. It's like cool. one of the first songs I ever learned. Cool. Yeah. And then I had to sing and I was very nervous about singing. Mm -hmm. But then you do that and then eventually you start getting pretty good. Mm -hmm. But then my brother was older than me. He was a like a senior in high school when I was a freshman. Mm -hmm. So he'd always have parties at the house. Mm -hmm. And he'd be like, Oh, like, hey, your brother's a guitar. Yeah, all right, come out and play. So yeah. I would go out and play and I was like, Fuck, I have to know how to play everything. Mm -hmm. Like red eyed chili peppers, yeah. so, you know, sublime, then yeah. play some ACDC cool. in there and make yeah. sure everyone that makes oh, you I good. know that fucking song yeah and then they can sing along you know whatever the hell it is and yeah I mean uh, I don't know why I've, music I've, man it's the best my I went to my first concert in fifth grade and it was my, my parents they bought tickets for journey oh cool and uh I was like what the fuck why didn't you buy me a ticket I was like I was pissed I was like insulted like it's fucking serious and they're like yeah, it's a date night get the fuck out of here but I was like, I begged them. I was like, I really want to go. Like, uh -huh. I want to go see. And they're like, fine, fuck it. So they, they convinced the other couple. They went, hey, take your kid too. And then, because we're going to take fucking Danny. <laughs> so we went, and I was like, the only little fucking kid there. And I knew all the words. And cool. I'm like, singing separate ways and cool. shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, less than a year later, we saw the Scorpions at the same spot. Cool. cool. And, uh, it's just it's been like i saw guns and roses like a cool. year after that cool. and it's it's been great i saw you guys at the house of blues like which which one this was fucking years ago this was i was in high school when i when this happened i was like was it in anaheim or hollywood or? anaheim yeah 16 or 17 that was at disney right yeah yeah cool. and i was like yeah. damn it was a shit yeah we spent a lot yeah. yeah it's funny man because um you're gonna laugh at this too when i was i think after high school that's when like i said after all this stupid baseball shit mm. and whatever that's when i was like fuck i don't even know what i want to do mm. like I'm in fucking limbo. I don't know yeah. what I want to do in my yeah. life yet. And I feel like I should fucking know. Like, mm. what, the, what the fuck do I do? There is pressure for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you go down this stupid fucking path. You probably aren't doing like the best shit. But for me, it was a little bit, it wasn't so like a uh, social because all my friends were gone. They already went mm. to college. Mm -hmm. So I was like, fuck, I'm just stuck here. I don't know what the mm. fuck I'm going to do. Mm. And then I got fat as hell. God, I turned into a fat fuck real quick. <laughs> too many fucking, That's funny. too many tortas <laughs> and everything. I was getting fat as shit. And um, <laughs> I made that like switch. It's like, all right, I'm gonna turn this shit around. Yeah. I'm gonna start getting my. I'm gonna start figure. I don't know what the fuck I want to do yet, but I'm gonna just. I'm gonna one step a day, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And I used to always go hiking with my dad. Oh, cool. We used to go hiking, and he's like, "Are right, you gonna get in shape? We're gonna do this." And I was like, "Cool." And I shit you not, we go hiking every Sunday. We go to the same fucking spot, nice. donut shop, get our shit. And every morning, I, I, I'm not even making this up. 
we would play Guando Canto oh, every cool. morning. We cool. go hiking. Yeah, awesome. It's hilarious, man. Yeah. That was like my, I swear to God, that shit made me like, yeah. like uh, optimistic. Yeah, I mean, I swear to God. you know, that song, I think a lot of my songs in the band are all about that kind of struggle. You know, I've had struggles with alcohol. I've had struggles with, um, you know, relationships, different things, you know, right. that as, as a man, you, uh, you, if you want to grow, you kind of have to deal with. Yes. You kind of have to sit in that space and be like, okay, like if I continue certain kinds of behaviors, there's certain parts of my life which are n are not going to shift into something that's more positive. Right. So, you know, I was coming out of a period, and my mother was was uh, dying of cancer, and and that song just I we were in New York on a tour bus. And that song came quick in the back of the bus on a guitar. And, you know, it's it's a lot of my particular songs are really about the daily choice that you get to make. Yeah. You know, um, and part of what I was learning was that whatever, you know, quote unquote mistakes you've made, they, they don't they don't bind you. Right. They're not like, you know, you may do something that affects you for the rest of life. Maybe. But. Most of the times, it's like this emotional kind of like, you know, turmoil that we don't know how to get through with peace and we right. don't know how to like sit in and we don't know how to just, we don't know how to like just know that, hey, right now things are shitty, but it's not gonna be like that all the time. Right, right, right. And one, and making decisions, you know, they add up. So if you're making decisions that are continually putting you in a situation that's not healthy, that it's really because of that decision right that thing it's not you know and then the next part is well if you're making other decisions that lead you in a positive yeah it takes a certain amount it's like practice it's like learning how to play the guitar you yeah know, you don't it takes time and it but it takes daily commitment so and it doesn't mean any of that's perfect and i'm speaking in very general terms but you know i was coming to a period where that was important and it was it was it was i needed to kind of like you know reconnect with with the daily choice that everybody gets to make. Yeah. And I think that's why that song meant, meant something to people because everyone goes through that. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh yeah, you know, like, like, you know, you know, I got to get up and I got to make things happen and I got to follow my dreams and I got to like, you know, you know, in a, in a very basic, simple way, you know, why do you do what you do, you know, on a daily basis? Right. And, and, um, so for me, I think that was like, uh, yeah, a lot of people say what you're saying about that song. So yeah. that's cool, you know, and and that that's all I've ever wanted to do as a musician is have this kind of like moment that hey, maybe it maybe it meant something to someone in a positive way. Oh, for know? sure. Yeah. I swear yeah. we that that's was only cool. we had the, we had no other fucking CD in that car. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. and we play that shit all the time and right now it's it's so weird how it does that. Like it any song like especially that one like I said, that one <laughs> made you go like too like yeah, you're you're fucked up right now, but this is you feel hopeful. <laughs> and you can feel the opposite too. You can put on the eye of the tiger and go wanna fuck somebody up too, you know? It's weird how like that Yeah, I it mean, does you know, that to you. That's important that I mean that's the power of music in general and it's why we play it, it's why we listen, it's you know, all it taps into emotions. It taps, you know, into things that are real for for more than just yourself. Because right. we forget especially when we're going through craziness. Yeah. We for, we think we're all alone. Yes, and it's so thing, easy to think that. You're not the first one who's ever felt bad about a certain thing. <laughs> yeah, <know? laughs> exactly. We get all like, <laughs> why is the world happening to me? <laughs> yeah, like bitch. And and it's it, but it is you know being in that place, it it does kind of get you know your vision gets a little tunneled. So for me, I've learned how to like in that moment to kind of step back. Yeah, 
and remember like oh no 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 like this is one thing that I'm going through that's not going to be here every day for the rest of my life right it's just a thing that need you know I need to honor because you know doing things that to avoid that feeling I think that could be a lot of stuff yeah you know, for people it could be for me it was alcohol it was women like whatever I would just do whatever okay yeah and but that those certain feelings would always come back right so it wasn't until I took some time to like stop and 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 kind of like uh, and look at at how you know my behavior might affect not only me but other people around me then say oh you know that I've got to learn how to just I gotta learn how to, for me it was like I gotta learn how to just feel bad yeah because something happened whether it was me or someone else or a combination or just life circumstances because that's the way life is and just be cool with it right don't react in it you know just embrace it sit or for me it's like just sit just fucking sit still yeah no honestly <laughs> like, I don't can't. don't try to get out of this like don't go party with your friends don't go just don't go you know don't avoid this feeling because uh, un until it rolls through you until you start to sincerely feel it go away you know it's going to take longer uh, i couldn't agree more <laughs> I, I especially like when you when you are like feeling sad or pumped yeah, whatever yeah, it is yeah. like it's very important that you listen to music that em embraces yeah. that stage you're in because cool. Cool. Yeah. that definitely like it gets you to do it faster. Yeah, if you're sad, yeah. put on some fucking sad yeah, shit. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. Like, or if you're in love, dude, throw some Sam Cooke on. All right, <laughs> who gives a fuck? You know, throw some, throw that shit on. Feel good. Skip yeah. around your house. Right all on. that shit. You know, right walk outside with just adjust your chonas. Who gives a fuck? You're feeling good. You know, I do that anyway. Yeah, exactly. But that's that's I I'm you're supposed to do that. You're not yeah. supposed to dodge it. And like. I've always been like that. Like Van Morrison, god damn. Like I always said forever, when I get my like when I finally have my my own place and I buy this house and it's mm -hmm. fucking nice, like mm -hmm. the first song I play is Into the Mystic. Oh cool. For yeah, some reason that, that record, song just makes me feel so good. You no, know, that's that's a magical song. A lot of a lot those couple records in that era that he made are magical to me. Uh, and, and unbelievable. Yeah. Why must I always explain? Yeah, yeah. Ah, just uh yeah. days like this. It's yeah. unbelievable, man. Yeah, He's yeah. I have a live record of him right there. I just yeah. I always go to record stores oh, and just buy vinyls. Cool. Uh, Fuck, I, my yeah. record players fucking break every nice. every year yeah. but man that's crazy man it's yeah. crazy that this is like like I said I never thought I'd be like just hiking you this shit mm -hmm. and now I'm talking to you a couple cool. fucking years later that's the way it goes so crazy man so you, <laughs> are you guys uh, in the studio right now working on something we, new? we're writing music so we're, we kind of get together and all together in groups you know as individuals so we're just writing 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 mm -hmm. you know I'd really like us to make one solid record of original material we haven't made one in a while and then, like, see what happens after that. Um, you know, I think you, as you get, you know, we've been doing this for 25 years. And so our, our passions are a little spread out. You know, right. people have kids. Um, you know, the kind of, like, every day where the band's, like, the band is all about it every day. Like, we're not there. Yeah. Which is okay. It's, like, it's normal to kind of, you know, kind of have a, you know, a different kind of, like. Peaks. Uh, a different kind of like um you know commitment like you know it take it's it's it longevity is like it takes like i'm saying it takes it every day yeah and because there's so many of us people go through different phases in their life you know i had kids early one guy has like a three-year-old now so it's like you know there's a whole that he's going through something totally different right that's something you went through when the band first started yeah he's going through something totally different than what i went through so it's it's a different you know, we're always managing that kind of brotherhood among ourselves, like right. what's happening in each other's personal lives, and and because of that, you know, it's the band isn't a hundred percent every every day on our heads, right? Which is okay, it's normal. So I think what we're trying to do right now is write a bunch of songs together, 
in groups with other people, however, get some solid songs and then just, you know, play them and walk in the studio and bang them out. Yeah. And if we can do that, I think, uh, you know, I'd be very happy because I, I think it's time. And for me, creatively, I'd love to, you know, create something new that we can be proud of. Definitely. You know, yeah. you know it's it's funny. The first time I heard your music, I already heard it. Mm. And, I, and it's because uh, you guys got the gig for Never Been Kissed. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, you know, we, we started, we, we first, I was saying earlier, we first used to play like Benefits. Okay. And there were all these different things. But then we started, people started hearing about us. And then, you know, there were opportunities to play in clubs in Hollywood primarily. And so we started playing uh, clubs. We had this residency at a club that no longer exists called the Opium Den. Then we went to a place called the Dragonfly. And they, they became these like things. You know, yeah. All kinds of people were there. You'd have, you know, everyone from actors to your neighborhood friends to known musicians to, because the word was out, you know, you got to go see this band. Yeah, they're killing and, it. And, uh, and so because of that, you know, there were plenty of people in Hollywood who started recognizing us. And that was one of the things that we got asked to do. We would contribute music to soundtracks. We, we used to do that a lot. And then we, we got a call um, from the producers for Never Been Kissed, and they gave us the whole breakdown. We said, cool, you know, we showed up and uh, we were in the movie. And it, and it's a lot of people like, that was the first time they heard us. Yeah, first time for me, the, for sure. The, the songs were on the soundtrack um, and we were the band in the club, you know, who was doing it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was great to have those kind of opportunities because those are the things that put you out into a broader audience. And, you know, so we were lucky, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I saw you guys, did, <clears throat> you guys did the soundtrack for uh, for Happy Feet. Yeah, we did. That's cool. Well, they, we did the we did the video game. Right, the video game. That's so, right. So, th the thing about that was that was that was cool because it's a trip. You know, the music business has changed so much. Like we had, you know, when we were first making records, um, you still had decent sized budgets, and you were making them in a big studio with a record producer and all this stuff. You mm -hmm. had a label, and they had a you know they'd spend money on marketing and all these things and. You know, that has totally changed. It's way different now. You know, you no know, one even wants to buy fucking records. You, you do them, you do them. So it's a whole different model now. And and when we, um, you know, when we, we make them now, it's like we start them like this kind of, you know, very mellow, like very low key, like just to get the idea solid. Right. And then you kind of work that into something that's workable. And then you you kind of take it to a, a bigger place. And But you do it pretty quick. So... Um, what was I talking? What was the question? What was the question? I just went blank. The soundtrack. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah so <laughs> <laughs> I do that so, all the time. So happy, happy feet. That was one of those things where, like, whoa, you know where bigger budgets were and are? Video games. Yeah, they gave us some crazy. Never been they gave us a crazy amount of money to make all the music for this video game after the budgets for regular records had gone down. And we yeah. Were, and we were like, what? This is a, how much do they want to pay us to do this? Yeah. And this is a video game? Yeah. So we were just kind of in the change of all, like in kind of industry change and just kind of rolling with it. Yeah. And um, so th the cool thing about that was that we, we, didn't we didn't necessarily have to be ourselves. They were just like, you know, make different kinds of music. They just gave us all these references. Uh -huh. Make a song like James Brown, make a song like Louis Prima, make a song like this, make a song like that. Oh, and we just sat in the studio Fuck and just it, kind yeah. of banged it out. And yeah. it was, so it was fun and it helped us just kind of get out of the moment of, you know, what our fans might want or what right. we're supposed to do and just kind of like have fun playing music. And so it was good. I mean, that experience for that was real good for us. It's so it's so weird how like, yeah, that that how, how that would pay much more money than normal shit. Like the yeah. video game industry is insane yeah. right now. Yeah. I have a, my yeah. dad's 
My dad's that's girlfriend's. A big, that's, that's a big gig now if you do the music. Fuck yeah, it's crazy. My yeah. just just video game. My dad's yeah. girlfriend's nephew. This motherfucker makes like six figures easily just playing video games and broadcasting his shit. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. like subscribe to his little yeah, like a yeah. Twitch channel. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge, it's a crazy. If you're not, you know, if you didn't grow up in that era and you're, yeah, you know, you just be surprised. I mean, they have, you know, huge stadiums. Yeah. Where they just have these tournaments and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. They have it's, like a training centers, you know, for video game players and, yeah, like sports. Do you wish like the music <laughs> industry was kind of the way, like it used to be in the sense, like record, toy record, and then you can take a couple months off and then go back or? No, I, you know, I've always been one like just to deal with reality. Like, hey, this is changing and this is what it is. This is what it is. And, yeah. You know, it, it's kind of the, the thing about the reason we're still around is because we're a good live band. Yeah. So fuck we yeah. still get hired to like go play live. Yeah. You know, that's what we really get hired for. And and the thing is, the system before, like, in order to make money off a record that maybe there was a big budget, you had to sell a lot of records to start make money off that. Yeah. So our, our business was never built on record sales. It was built on our touring. Yeah. It was built on playing. Which is what it is now, touring, basically. So that's why we still gig. There's a lot of bands who, like, they get a hit song, and maybe they're not the greatest band live, you know? And maybe yeah. people, you know, we wait till people hit that uh that one song but the rest of the show is like whatever and then that song kind of dies out you know so and then they don't have a career anymore in that same way so i think for us playing live has always been our bread and butter no matter what and you know that's why we still get called to go play gigs that's fucking great yeah. that's fucking great yeah. what's um what was i gonna ask you fuck i was gonna ask you something specific mm -hmm. i forgot what i forgot i saw this uh I saw this video not too long ago. I thought it was the coolest shit ever. It wasn't. It wasn't about you guys, but it was. Um, you, you know the band, uh, fucking Shine Down. No, no, no. Shine, they're a decent band. Cool. Um, but they did a. They're like a kind of like alternative rock band. Uh -huh. They've been popular in the '90s and early 2000s. And uh, the singer, I saw this video. He's like talking about like passionately, like uh, how that's how he got started. Mostly just paying backyards with his with his uh, yeah. family around. They're like, hey, figure it out, fucking play. Yeah. And then he played for the neighborhood with his friends. Mm -hmm. White dude though. And then um. He goes back to a family party and his his like family are recording. They're like, "Hey, play the guitar!" And mm -hmm. now he's like famous and shit. He's yeah, already done it. Yeah. And he plays a Simple Man from mm -hmm. Le Leonard Skinner, mm -hmm. and it's the most fucking badass shit you'll ever see. Mm -hmm. I swear, it's just two guys on the guitar playing cool. the song, and he's just riffing it. And I'm like, cool. "Damn, dude, that's cool!" Like how yeah. that shit never goes away. Yeah, you know, it's that that's you know a lot of talent you know developed now that way. You know, people you got to have a certain amount of YouTube followers to get a deal. Yeah, to get someone interested to you, but yeah. so it's different in that sense. But you know, whatever. Like, if you're passionate about doing it, you, you figure it out. Yeah, always, yeah, yeah, yeah. always you figure it out. What's uh, I saw the uh, the also kids yeah, thing too. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we had you know because we were getting older. It was like there were some fans years back who said, "Oh, we can't go to the show because you know we got to babysit or we don't have a babysitter." Yeah, and our drummer at the time said, "Why don't we just make a kids record?" So we looked into it. And our manager said, "Yeah, it's like a it's like a real thing. People do it." So we we made that record, and that was one of those things too that was a lot of fun for us, where we got out of our character. We could do whatever we want, right? Know, in that sense, and and that was uh, it was fun actually, and and we still do those gigs. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't do them all the time, but you know, a lot of times what will happen is if we're in a city, though, they might want to book that during the day. Yeah. So we'll go to be that during the day, and everyone brings their kids, and and then uh, you know in the evening we're. Ultimately. Yeah, I think it's super important because, like yeah. I said, it goes back to like what you said earlier. Like when you're uh, from 
certain areas of neighborhood, or at least in Mexican culture or Hispanic mm. culture, Latino culture, a lot of it was negative. Mm. Especially, like I said, in the movies, it was always mm. fucking mm. blood in, blood out, yeah, American yeah. me. Like, those are fucking good movies, but it's also like, okay, everyone's a cholo, cool. Blood in, blood out is kind of funny, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, or me familia, you know? But my, uh, you know what's crazy is uh, they fucking nailed it with Coco. Oh, oh wow. they fucking, you know, they nailed it. I've never even seen Coco. Are you serious? I, I'm gonna have to see it. Now. Oh my god! Please watch it. They, they couldn't have like produced it better mm-hmm. or made it to where you can celebrate like uh, Mexican culture mm-hmm. at least in that so passionately. Cool. It's great. It's honestly great. I, everywhere I go across, like even like my friends that aren't fucking Hispanic, like hey, I love Coco. I'm like, All right. <laughs> I know, dog. I fucking love that shit too. Like first thing I say to you, I'm like, it's kind of racist, but whatever. <laughs> but it's oh man, they honestly nailed it, and that, that hasn't been done. Like at least mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Like. You know, I, I, you know, I, I think people, people, it takes a while, and it's still happening. It needs to happen more, but people become more nuanced. Yeah. In representing culture in that popular medium, yeah. Other than just stereotypical things, right? So, you know, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad about that. You mentioned <laughs> you, uh, you started reading a lot. Did you? Were there any specific books that kind of got you going when you when were like I, when I was young? You know, I just, I don't know what it was, but I used to read a lot. You know, and, and one of the first things I used to read a lot was the newspaper. Oh, okay. So, but I remember being a kid, like five, like six, like reading. And, oh, shit. And that really was really helpful in terms of just kind of learning like a lot of perspective. Like my yeah. dad used to sit there, read that paper every day. And I, I just kind of learned that. And I'm still kind of a news junkie, even though, um, you know, news formats have changed. Uh, right. But, um, you know, so I th- that really set me off in terms of, and I think one, one important thing about reading is that you are exposed to a lot of different voices because yes. you have like say you have the news that's a certain kind of voice then you have a book uh you know a history book that's a certain kind of voice yes and you have a you know a classic fiction book those are a lot of different kinds of voices and then you have like a you know um different kinds of literature that are from different cultures and and whatever they are the characters that you're reading you're learning almost like different ways of talking. Yeah. So for me, what I noticed was that it really broadened my ability to talk to people. It, it, it broadened my ability to talk to different kinds of people. Yeah. It kind of gave me examples of, oh, these people talk this way and this person talks this way. And it's, and it's not, it's, it's fiction, so it's not completely accurate in every sense, but it's just reference. And so that, and, and, and I think reading a lot of stuff from, magazines to the newspaper to serious literature to not so serious literature teaches you a lot of stuff too there's Big a lot time. of information Big in time. these and i'm the kind of reader where if i don't know what i what i'm reading i stop I get a dictionary i like look it up yeah now it's like wikipedia or whatever but you're referencing things right so if i don't like to read and then be like you know there's a whole section i don't really understand they keep going like a lot of people read like that yeah I can't do that shit. I, I'm like, I'm like, that's, I don't understand what the point is. So I, I, that just became a habit very early on. And I think that was really helpful for me to be able to communicate and to be able to uh, comprehend what people were telling me and read situations. And, and uh, so that was, uh, was helpful. And just, you know, the, being able to kind of interact with people. Definitely. Cause yeah. you're understanding that it's a process. Like I, if I don't understand this shit now, what about I get two chapters fucking yeah, later yeah. and they reference this shit again and I'm like, ah, I gotta go back. Like, no, nah, you got, it's, it's very important to stick yeah. to that structure. Actually, you know, I didn't read probably fucking ever when I was a kid. And then, um, I read the outsiders when I was oh, like cool. in seventh grade oh, and I was like, book. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh, I love it. Yeah. 
But I, I, this is mostly just ego why you like it. You know, I'm a mm. seventh grader. You're just like, you need to, it makes you feel tough to read mm. this shit. And I never really read after that. But then mm. um, once I started making my little comeback, like I said, you know, going hiking and doing all uh, that shit and uh, working out. And yeah. I was like, I got to do shit, I guess, gets me uncomfortable. Like, yeah. get out of your comfort zone, whatever it is, man. Like, your workouts got to get crazier, but I never read. Uh. You got to start fucking reading. So oh. I just, I wanted a crazy, like, crazy binge. I was like, I'm going to start reading cool. as much books as I can this year. I got cool. to 35 that oh. year. It's like 2017. Cool. And uh, that's cool. Yeah, it was great. The yeah. the biggest one for me was the war the war of art. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Because yeah. that one definitely breaks down. It gives you like a like no excuses to really like you know try what you want to try, mm -hmm. and it also breaks down the formula. Like, hey, mm -hmm. this is what it takes. You know, it's it's a war, but it's fucking art though. Mm -hmm. At the same time, mm -hmm. you know, it's a process, and it it couldn't have been written fucking more perfect. Mm -hmm. cool. It was insane. Yeah. So you know, yeah, it's it's, it's good to uh, learn as much as you can and. In all the forms there are to learn things. Yeah, you know. and you got you said you got two kids, yeah. Yeah, one's in goes to uh, Northeastern University in Boston. That's the youngest one. Fuck. That's uh, Santiago. He's he'll be twenty one in October. Uh, my daughter goes to uh, Santa Cruz, uh, UC Santa Cruz. She's twenty two. Um, she'll be twenty three soon, and um, she'll be graduating soon. So you know, I'm in a whole different phase of life. Yeah, and. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. So hell it's yeah. Good. That's the shit. Got a little renaissance going yeah, on. Yeah. My dad says this shit all the time. Because before, when I was like, when I was a teenager, he'd call me every fucking day for nothing. Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah, it's a change, man. Yeah. It's a change. It, every day. It, yeah. You just call you, hey, what's up? You're just yeah. like, nothing. He's like, all right, see ya. You're like, what the fuck? Like, what are you call me for? Yeah. Now that he's older and the kids are older, I have to call him now. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm in fucking Ireland. I'm like, what the fuck? What you like, I'm cool. here. You know, and it's, it's a different thing. Like, you get like your almost like you're young again and it's like oh shit i have all this time again yeah, like it's a trip yeah. yeah so i've just been focusing on songwriting and you know and and probably i'm probably gonna definitely do some more traveling on my own outside of the band hell yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. awesome 21 in boston huh yeah. Oof. yeah he's having a good time he's going to malta for like uh his internship which Ownership? is malta is like an island right below sicily in the mediterranean like if you look it up it's like this beautiful like magical like you know uh 16th century like crazy you know town and it seems like one of those places where people put their money yeah it's like a city state you know like russians or whoever like put their money there yeah. that's the vibe i think it is but i don't know i could be totally off but he went to uh the the office and said hey because he's a pharmacy major he's a pharmacologist he's a chemist and oh shit he's a pharmacology major and his program's intense and he's like and, but in this program they have to do internships so he had to go work at a pharmacy and he's like, I don't want to go work at Walgreens down the street. Let me see what else is going yeah. on. So he went to the office and was like, do you have any abroad programs for this? They're like, yeah. They gave him a whole list. And he looked at Malta and he finally got to Malta. He's like, what's this? And he said, well, okay, I'm going to go there. <laughs> so he'll be there from the beginning of September to the beginning of December. I think my daughter's going to go visit him. I'm going to try to go visit him. He said, meet me in Rome. I said, all right. Oh, shit. Cool. <laughs> so yeah. that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, you know, as parents, you did all right. Because I'm more... Yeah. I'm more into that, like, like you know, kind of be adventurous, you know, what is, you know, whatever your dream is, like, you got to go for it, you know, and, and, um, yeah, there's, you, you can't, you know, you got to be doing what you want to do in life, because sometimes life sucks. Fuck yeah. And sometimes it's not even your fault. Yeah. Sometimes it is. And sometimes it's not even your fault. Yeah, sometimes sucks. someone died that was close to you. And, and so this kind of up and down thing we go through, 
And if you're doing work, especially work, work, because I've been hearing this a lot lately, like work is like a third of your life, like sleep is a third of your life. And like, you know, all, that's a big chunk of your life. Work. Yeah. And if you're doing something that makes you miserable, like, I don't know. I, 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 I understand that we sometimes we don't have the choice. Right. Sometimes. But I grew, I don't know. As a kid, I recognized like there was a certain amount of like, like people didn't like work. And I was like, I I don't get that. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be like that. I want to actually like my work. Yeah, fuck yeah. And and that's why I ended up committing to music because I was like, well, because when life sucks, this still feels good. Yeah, all the time. And I and I told my kids that like if there's anything that because I'm super chill with them, like I'm, you know, they get all their their you know, discipline and like responsibility from their mother. Right, right. That wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, I'm like, look, as long as you're doing something that makes you happy, I'm cool. You know, you, there's no pressure from me to fulfill whatever your thing is. Like that's on right. you and I'll help you with it. But as much as I can, but so, you know, if you're work, if you have a job you hate and when things go south, like, in like they do, I don't know. It feels like the weight of the world is, I'd imagine it feels like the weight of the world yeah. is on you. But if you're in a thing, it could even be the struggle of like starting a business. It could be the struggle of like being a music, like an artist, like and you, you can't. You know, sometimes it seems you're not going to make it, but it's really the passion that gets you to that. Oh, that definitely mo that thing. And I think with kind of more purpose. Yeah. Instead of just feeling the the overwhelmed sadness or the overwhelmed like difficulty, like you're you're clinging to this desire to like get through it because you need to get to the next phase in your dream. Yeah. And. uh I think that that's super important to experience while we're alive. I think it's even crucial to even create art during those phases. Yeah. I think that's, uh, uh, you know, like yeah. when you're going through those whatever yeah, crucial yeah, phases, yeah. those are to me like, that's when usually the best yeah. fucking music happens. That's yeah. They always say, like comedians say that all the time, like, dude, like can, you need to go on stage like the day you get dumped. Yeah. You got to go, man. Comedian, that's hard, man. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's like, it's such a solitary thing. Yeah. And we, we did music for Gabriel Iglesias for his TV show. So funny. We did some tours with him as a band. Yeah, and I got to be around a lot of comedians. Like that way, like right in their space. Yeah, and you, you cats are manic. <laughs> we honestly are, are crazy. retarded. I swear. And it's it's and it's such a like like it's ballsy. Yeah, like to go up there by yourself with just a mic. Yeah, and like kind of expose yourself for sure. And then oh, yeah. and then make these things kind of into into things that people will laugh about. Right. It's super ballsy. And I and I, I was all you know I didn't really quite. You know, I just, I wasn't that into comedy before, but after that, I was like, whoa, like, that's hard, man. Yeah, it's tough. That's hard to be up there by yourself and keep these people, like, engaged, like, for that long. Right. Like, it's not easy. And so. it's a little different from music yeah. in the sense where, like, if you make a fucking dope-ass song, like, fuck, yeah. that shit can last you forever. Like, yeah. once you tell a joke and it's, it's, it's recorded, it's on video, you can't tell a shit ever again, you know? <laughs> Everyone knows, like, hey, you fucking said that last special, you know? <laughs> and it is what it is. So, yeah. like, but... It's fun though. Regardless, it's it's uh, fucking it's tough. Actually, yeah. because of like that, and I've been doing it um, not too long, like a year. Um, my sister, she's getting married this month. Oh, cool! And uh, yeah, it's really cool. They actually asked me to to perform the ceremony. Oh, nice! Crazy, are gonna, yeah. Are you gonna make some jokes up there? Oh yeah. yeah I mean, they're cool. gonna be appropriate. You know, I'm not gonna go there and cuss and say <laughs> stupid shit. You know, my grandma <laughs> will kick my ass. So I go up there. And I'm like, and eh, fucking. Uh. But um, you know, it's gonna be appropriate. It, but. I was a little nervous, like, oh, shit, because that's out of my comfort zone. But yeah. at the same time, that's something I'm always used to doing shit out of my comfort zone yeah. now. And I think they knew that. They're like, mm. Danny would be perfect for this shit. Cool. Like, he knows our story, blah, blah. And um, 
they're like they're religious but not like you know to the full they're like mm-hmm. in their own way i guess mm-hmm. so it, it wasn't like necessarily super important to get mm-hmm. like a priest or do mm-hmm. it in a church mm-hmm. so it's gonna be it's gonna be fucking great cool. but I am a little bit nervous. It's going to be like the biggest set I've ever performed because it's going to be over like 200 people. Well, that's the joke right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my biggest set. <laughs> exactly. You know? So it's, that's going to be cool, but yeah. it does expose you to a lot of shit. Like yeah. it's, it's fun. You do go up there. You're going to suck at some point. Um, but trying out new shit is scary shit because you're always, honestly, when you're doing these open mics, you're just trying to master like five minutes. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And then you yeah. finally get kind of good at it and you're like, oh, I got this five minutes down. I already know how to lead into it. Yeah. And then once you get it, you're like, fuck, I got to start over. I got to do some other shit now. And then that's scary. And I'm, it's the same thing with musicians. Yeah. You put out a record, you're like, we well, you fucking nailed it. We put so much fucking blood, sweat, and tears yeah. in this shit. And so much studio time. And no one knows how long it took to make this. And they get to just witness it on a, just a push play. And that's mm-hmm. it. They don't know how much work it went into it. But I'm so glad they're playing. And then it's over. And you're like, fuck, we got to do another one? Like, yeah, you ugh. do. It's, you know? And it's like, all right, we'll take a little break. But, but yeah, I think that's the coolest shit. What's a what's your favorite venue that you ever played at? Probably like uh, you know Red Rocks. I, I was gonna like, say yeah, Red Rocks. Those Most places, people say that those places are like yeah magical, iconic. I mean, but I think you know, but also festivals like in places like there's a f- super cool festival in outside of Tokyo. In the mountains is a ski resort on the edge of a national park called uh, Fuji Rock. Oh, okay, yeah, I've heard of that. I mean it. That, that festival is amazing because you know Japanese people really treat you well. They treat artists with a lot of respect. They treat yeah. you well. Everything's taken care of, um, and it's and that particular festival. It's it's like three days. There's all kinds of bands from all over. So that setting, you know, in the mountains, like in front of Japanese people, like in the middle of a place that you're far away from home, like super cool. And, they, and they're and they loving your shit. They're like, yeah, super yeah. cool. Those things are cool. That's awesome. Yeah, Red Rocks is always the one I hear most musicians yeah. say. Yeah, it's pretty um, magical. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. I saw a, yeah, like your live record at the Fillmore. I thought that yeah. was the coolest shit ever. That's like when I when I actually played the Quanto Quanto, yeah, that when I yeah, hear yeah, you shout yeah, out your, yeah, your mom, yeah. you know, that's yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, way too yeah. cool. Um, that was like the first record that I was Santana's live at the Fillmore. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like one of my favorite yeah, or yeah. Uh, to call it Doobie Brothers live at Fillmore East. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Those are like, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we just, it's so funny. We decided to do that and, um, you know, it's an iconic place. It's been done before. We still play there. It's a great venue, a real music venue. It's a real, if you love music, great place to see a band and we go there and we were there for two nights and we had a recording, you know, and we we're going to record the first one and then decide, do we need to record the second one or not? You yeah. Know? You have a big, uh, you know, um, mobile recording studio out on the street. They run all the lines up into the second floor of the, where the, the theater is. And it's big production. It's kind of a big deal. You got yeah. everything right. You know, a lot of time. And, and all these guys know what they're doing. They're incredible technicians. And so we play, boom, great set, boom, 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 go play. And then, um, you know, we we get the word that the the record button wasn't on. Oh shit! Like the first <laughs> fucking half of the show. Oh shit! And we were like, and 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 I don't know if it was Robert, the engineer that we worked with, we've known forever, or this other guy was there. Like someone just fucked up so royally. <laughs> like it's just one of those fuck ups that you're like, what? Like <laughs> we came here to record. <laughs> no one pushed the fucking button. So so. It's, you know, we had to, they had to keep it set up the yeah. second night. And we were, it's funny because we, we had said, you know, do we need, you know, let's, that's part of their ex- experience too. Like do two nights. Okay, cool. We're going to make sure that everything's cool. And then you, 
you realize, oh wow, okay, we're gonna have to use the second yeah. night. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's hilarious, man. Yeah, that's funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> Holy shit. If you yeah. if you didn't do music, what do you what do you think you would be doing? I'd probably be a lawyer or a writer. Um yeah, like a writer of like history books or like a lawyer. Oh, that'd be the shit. <laughs> that'd be shit. You know what's that's fucking that's that's honestly crazy as hell. That's a one of my one of my favorite songs going back to I can never shut up about him is fucking Springsteen. Mm-hmm. He has a speech on one of the you know song growing up, uh-huh. and he says that he, like I think like after like the solo he makes a speech and he goes, where his growing up like exactly what you talked about earlier his dad fucking miserable hated his job uh-huh. worked in a factory, and then his dad he's always telling him you should be a lawyer uh-huh. like you know that's some you know it's a good life you can get something for yourself yeah. you can make a few bucks yeah, and his mom was like nah he's fucking creative he should be an artist mm. you know he should be a writer mm. and she told him, and then he and he's like and then he made, he ends the speech with like. He's like, what well, they didn't realize is I wanted everything. He's like, so one wanted a lawyer, one wanted a ro- an author. He's like, guess you're going to have to settle for rock and roll. And he fucking just plays the rest of the- And then the crowd goes yeah. nuts because yeah. they're in the crowd listening. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. that's fucking hilarious how almost every musician has the same story. That <laughs> Pop's telling him to be a fucking lawyer. The one's telling him to be a writer. And it's like, yeah. fuck, you got to combine the two and make it what it is what it is. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. That's super cool, man. That's yeah. I'm glad this guy said it. It's funny because um, you know my Uncle Larry. Yeah. 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 Which is hilarious. That's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he is the biggest fucking fixer guy. Well, I honestly, he's awesome. He's the best. I yeah. honestly, I always tell him, I do. I'm embarrassed when I'm around you because you know so much real man shit. <laughs> I, I can play you a beautiful song, but that's yeah. that's no, not I, manly at all. You can fix anything in my fucking house, like in two seconds. He goes, yeah. oh, it's broken. I'll get it. Don't worry. Yeah. And he'll come back. I'll come back the next day. I go to the gym. I come back. There's a new fan in my room. Like what the fuck? <laughs> and he just yeah. a biggest fixer guy. And yeah. then. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what he did for you. Yeah, he, you know, I know, Larry, I've known Larry for years. We grew up on the same block. I was in school with him. His older brother and I are the same age. Oh, okay. We grew up on the same block. Yeah. Went to some of the same schools. And I remember him when he was a kid. And, you know, later on in life, his little brother, you know, was with my niece for a while. Oh, okay. My oldest sister's oldest daughter. Yeah. And, and they have, they have a child together. And so... That's how Larry kind of came back into my life. Like, oh, wow, like, you know, you're my niece's kid's uncle, Mm -hmm. you know? And so he lives out in Arizona, and, and, um, you know, he'd come by shows a lot, you know? So we kind of reconnected that way whenever we were playing out there. So once in a while, we reconnect, and um, he came and he fixed, you know, Stephanie, that's my niece, her, her... air conditioning yeah. in the house and I was like oh that's the house I grew up in in the block and I said you know I need some in my I have this little old cottage and it's on the hill and it doesn't have air conditioning and it surprisingly stays pretty cool but you know I'm out of town a lot and and uh, I started like Airbnb in my house yeah I was like oh might as well let someone stay there make a little extra money whatever yeah but then I thought oh they probably need air conditioning because you know it gets pretty hot sometimes right so I hit them up I'm like, yo, like, you know, he's like, I'll come down, I'll do it. It's going to be like this amount of money. It's like 400 bucks for the unit. Blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, cool. That's cool. Just throw it in there. And it's, I don't need like full on, you know, whatever you call it. What is the, the you know, the complete AC. Yeah, thing. the central or not. Yeah, I, don't yeah. I just need a little cool. That's fine. Cause the house. And um, and then he, I said, how much are you going to charge me? He said, well, I got a friend who has a podcast. <laughs> 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 I was like, "What do you oh, mean? Man. What do you mean?" He's like, "Yeah, one of my best friend's kid has a podcast, 
and he's a fan of your band, and dude, it would mean the world if he came here. And he goes, and I'll come and do your thing for free. I said, he said I said, right on, Larry. That sounds like yeah, a deal. Fuck it, dude. <laughs> AC for an interview. <laughs> fucking down, man. Collateral. I'm I like, how much it. is it? That's worth the drive to Fullerton. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> if it was 200 bucks, I should have paid him. Should have been like, fuck that. Fullerton's too far, man. You know, it all, That's it funny. All, it all worked out. You're it cool, you're cool dude. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. I'm all right. <laughs> That's actually how he brought you up. Because actually, this was a while. I didn't even know that was going to happen. Like, That's so He texts me out of nowhere. He's like, hey, what are you doing next month? I'm like, I don't know. It's just shit, I guess. Yeah. He's like, uh, he's like, uh, you know, uh, Raul Pacheco? I'm like, yeah. And he's just like, you want to have on the podcast? And I was like, fuck yeah. And he's like, dude, he's like, he's like, I hit him up. I was like, all right, cool. But he knew I knew like who you were or the, or the band because that's, that's just how our house was when we were kids. Or yeah. not only that, our house was always like that. We yeah. just always music playing. Cool. Yeah. And he heard him. He's like, oh, you know Al I'm like, fuck yeah, I know Al Smiley. Yeah. And he's like, I know their guitars. And that was like years yeah. ago. Yeah. And then I didn't yeah. even know that would like get yeah. rekindled somehow. Yeah. But, uh, I, lo- I loved all the covers you guys did on that. Even like that, like I said, the Mexico to Jamaica record. Yeah, like that a, was fun. You did like Mana. Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck, man. I love Mana, man. Yeah. But at the same time, there's still a part of me that fucking hates Mana. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of their music. It's because cause their music's insanely talented. It's, they're amazing. But when I was a kid, that if you heard Mana, that meant you're going to fucking clean. <laughs> That's all that shit That was man. the cleaning oh, you soundtrack. Went, if you woke up at 7.30 and you heard fucking, oh, yeah, you're like, Fuck! <laughs> shit man yeah. like you already knew your dad get the fuck up <laughs> cutting grass or you're yeah. fucking doing something like and that was when i was a kid now i get older it's it's just, i fucking love it the mtv unplugged record is like my favorite one forever yeah, it's yeah. just like so we, beautifully played you can't even get better than we that toured with them and santana jesus christ and that's when i was still crazy so yeah it was yeah. pretty wild <laughs> it was crazy that's insane <laughs> yeah it was fun i can't even imagine that we played at what used to be the pond right i think we played like three yeah. nights there yeah fuck that was fun those, those that tour was a blast that show that whole that's insane yeah. that's literally like a fucking legendary yeah, concert yeah you three you three bands and we'd all jam with each other it was cool Fuck. Super like brotherly, like super chill, but but it was definitely fun. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. It's crazy because it's all super different styles, but yeah. somehow still like Latino, somehow still yeah, for sure. represent all each other. Like yeah. Santana's like, it's rock and roll, but it's like, fuck, it's not yeah. though. It yeah, has yeah. that soul yeah. in there. Yeah. It's yeah. different, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then Mana is just classic. Like, yeah. I, I know fucking my whitest friends in the world are like, oh yeah, I know yeah. that shit, you yeah, know? Those songs, you know, popular. Yeah. Yeah. So that's super cool, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, well, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, man. I had a good time. You yeah. know, I'm really lucky that you're... It worked out. You're a cool dude, man. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks. I'm all right. I'm not that cool. I'm a fucking nerd. Imagine if I was having here sit here and be like, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> fucking... <laughs> hey, Larry, take the fucking 600 bucks. This is bullshit. Never ask me to do another favor again, man. Well, next time we'll get the whole band out here. Make yeah. Day. Fuck yeah, man. We'll have a bigger studio by then. It'll be solid. Yeah. I can't wait for you. You guys are playing in Montclair soon, yeah? Yeah, we're playing uh, at the... Uh, um, yeah, the Rose. Is that what it's called? Or it's the same people who are the Rose of Pasadena. Like, yeah. We, yeah, we're doing shows. We're playing in Montclair, like, I think in November. Ah, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. buying tickets so for that you, shit for you sure. Hit me up. I'll hook you up. Man. Oh, beautiful. I'll hook you up. Beautiful, man. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be there, man. I'm going to tell everyone about it too. That yeah. I already know the guy. Don't yeah. worry about it. No big <laughs> you know, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Hey. It's going to be great, man. Awesome. Do you have any uh, any uh, like Instagram or any of that stuff? Or yeah, any? the band has Instagram. It's ozomotley.com. It's Facebook for the older people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> we got, uh, you know, and I have it as an individual, Raul El Bully Pacheco. 
That's the nickname. It's you know, yeah. He's no. like every semi year. He shared yeah, the contact, yeah, yeah. and then it just said El Bully on it. I was like, "That's the right fucking guy." Like, who am I calling? I'm like, I don't want. I don't, I don't know him yet. I can't call him by his nickname. So it's it's uh you know I'm not as active as like other, but you know the band. If you want, yeah, hit me up. Like it's all good. And uh, but but um, yeah, you know, check it out. We're still making music. We still love to play music. We still appreciate that people come out to see us play. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll see you in Montclair for sure. Fuck yeah, man. Right awesome, man. Awesome. Also, Molly.com? Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, man. This has been episode 35. Uh, I told you guys, you guys, we got a cool ass interview, and that's what the fuck we did, man. We brought you that shit heavy. And I'm um, glad you guys listened, and uh, thank you, Mr. Pacheco, right for coming on. on. Mr. Pacheco, that's yeah. right. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Great time. Anyways, uh, I'll see you guys soon for episode 36. I probably won't come until like, later on in the week. And probably with another idiot that is uh, one of my friends. So we'll get back to like really dumb shit, <laughs> you know. But uh, I'm glad you guys got a little bit smarter today. That's good, man. <laughs> filled yourself, you know, filled your brain with a little bit of knowledge. Anyways, uh, like I said, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you guys later. Peace!